Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We continue our examination of the Word of God, specifically looking at uh, what the Lord wrote through the Apostle Paul back to the church in Thessalonica. And we've just completed the first chapter, so if you haven't uh, perused those episodes, back up some and listen, because we spent some time setting the context, what was going on. We actually started and did several episodes over in, in Acts, where we could see how this church was founded. And then in the first chapter, we found out that Paul uh, was just really encouraging them. He said, I always make mention of you in my prayers, how he uh, was constantly bearing in mind their work of faith, their labor of love, their steadfastness of hope in the Lord Jesus Christ, in the presence of God our Father. Now, that, that's just an amazing thing right there, that their hope was in the Lord Jesus, and the Lord Jesus is literally in the presence of God and Father. And then he told them how uh, he knows that they're beloved by God, how God had chosen them. And he just encouraged them and exhorted them in the truth that they had become imitators of Paul and his entourage and the Lord. And he gave us a little insight into how they had received the gospel, that they'd received it in tribulation. It had been hard, but there was joy of the Holy Spirit. And then at the end of the chapter, he talks about how what had occurred in their life had been trumpeted forth, as some of the translations say, um, throughout the entire region, in the Macedonia and Achaia, and even from further from there. And you say, well, what had they done? They had believed. But sometimes we, we forget that that belief will bring forth action. And the action in their life was that they had turned from their pagan guys. They had turned from idols to serve the living and true God. So they quit serving the idols, and they are now serving the living and true God. But it's more than that. They're waiting for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, that is Jesus. They are aggressively anticipating and waiting. And it's not the type of thing that we hear in a lot of our backgrounds. There's such a strong influence of the doctrine of imminency, that the Lord's return could be imminent at any moment, at any time. And the scripture simply does not teach that. As a matter of fact, it teaches the right opposite of that. It teaches that many things must occur before the Lord comes again. And I know a lot of times people get bent out of shape over that. They say, well, that can't be. Well, the reason they get so upset about it is they have so tied in evangelism. They have so tied in speaking of the things of the kingdom of God to the return of the Lord. I mean, my background was very much like that, that most of the time uh, when you're, someone was speaking to you about the kingdom, about faith and belief, about uh, calling upon the name of the Lord to be saved, it was motivated more by what Jesus could return at any moment, and then you'd be left holding the bag. You know, you got to do it now because he can come at any time. And that does a disservice to the truth of the kingdom, because that's not what the kingdom's about. That's not what salvation is about, to where you scare somebody out of hell. I mean, it's literally uh, how I was raised. It was that idea. And he says, no, you haven't done that. You're waiting for his son now. You know that he's been raised from the dead, and you know that he's coming and he's going to rescue us from the wrath to come. He's going to rescue us from the wrath of God that's going to be poured out. The day of the Lord, that you see all through the scripture, he's also going to save us from the wrath of the evil one, the great tribulation. We will, as believers, undergo the great tribulation. I know that rattles a lot of people, but it's the truth of the word of God. 
There's no doubt about it. Uh, if nothing else, you'll see this in Matthew 24. Jesus himself says it. He says those days are going to be so bad and so intense that uh, for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short if even they might be deceived. Okay, so that's where we left off in the first chapter. Now, chapter two. Remember, there's no chapter division, no verse division in the original original letter. Chapter two, verse one says this: "For you yourself know." Notice how it starts with that word "for." So it's coming out of what he just said about how the Lord's going to return. Okay, how all what's happening in your life, what you've done. For you yourself know, brethren, that our coming to you was not in vain. Now, that's interesting. Now, why is Paul feeling like he has to say something about this? Why? Well, we're going to see more about that as we go through 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians. But know this. Note the enemy uh, continues on with the same strategies. Okay, He'll try to bring in doubt. He'll try to bring in uh, a wondering about some things. Well, he says right here, Paul says, You know that I come to you was not in vain. In other words, it was not fruitless. Verse 2 says, but after we had already suffered and had been mistreated in Philippi, as you know, we had the boldness in our God to speak to you the gospel of God amid much opposition. Now, this is the verse right here, which is the synopsis of everything else that we saw over in Acts chapter 17. Remember, they had been beaten in Philippi. They had been thrown in jail. Remember the episode with the Philippian jailer? Yeah, yeah. And so they were literally cut. They were literally beaten. They were literally bruised. They would have carried the evidence of this suffering and of this mistreatment upon their body and in their body. And he's reminding them, he says, you know how we suffered and you know how we were mistreated. And we still had the boldness in our God to speak to you the gospel of God amid much opposition. Folks, there is such a need, such a need for this type of boldness. It's the boldness. We had the boldness in our God to speak to you, not the boldness of the flesh, not the boldness of even being right and correct about something and knowing something, you know, because that's just another form of boldness in the flesh. It's boldness in the Lord God. That is what is so needed in the body of Christ. Uh, in relationship to one another, okay, fellow believers, but also in relationship to the world. And he says, you know that we came and spoke to you the gospel of God. What he's saying right here, you know, we had suffered. We'd been mistreated. It had been easy for us just to come into town and just lay here and not say anything in case some other opposition came up or in case it happened again. And he said, we couldn't do that. And we did not do that because we had the boldness of God in us. And then he tells them what happened. We spoke the gospel of God to you. And what came forth? Much opposition. Well, where did that opposition come from? Well, we saw in Acts, and we'll continue to see, that it came from the religious leaders. It came from the Jewish leaders. They did not want to hear. They did not want to believe that Messiah had come in this form and in this fashion. And the Jewish leaders will actually go out and hire people, mercenaries, from out in the uh, city town square right there, to go and create and cause riots. It'll look like it's a spontaneous thing that's taking place, but it's not. It's been planned. You know, we see the same thing politically today. We see the same exact type of thing that happens today. So much 
of all the various groups that have popped up the last couple of years, they're not popping up spontaneously. They are totally bought. They're totally paid for. <coughs> this is not conjecture. This is not just my personal belief. It is fact. It has been proven. And it's literally been proven that one of the major supporters and one of the major initiator is a foreign-born Nazi, okay, from the Second World War. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, then you need to do your due diligence and research, okay, to know what the truth is. I've got a lot of good friends that are fellow believers, and they simply do not know what the truth is. And they literally support people uh, that have Nazi background. They literally support people uh, that are foundational within the arena of the KKK, foundational within the arena of a, what I call a new form of slavery, a new form of American caste system. Okay, And they think they're doing great and wonderful things for the kingdom. They think they're on the right side, and they are totally, absolutely deceived because of two things. They don't know the word of God, and they don't know the truth about history. They don't know what really happened. They believe what somebody tells them, but they're believing a lie. Paul's saying this, you know we came in boldness. You know we came and spoke the gospel of God to you, even though there was much opposition. So yes, they had undergone opposition. Paul says, we're in there with you. I think those days are about to come upon the Western church. Here's the question. Are you ready? Are you prepared? If not, you better get ready. Again, I'm Dale. I'll see you next time.